nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Live from Valencia, this is The Breakfast Show with Mal Krishnasamy. Good morning. Welcome to The Breakfast Show. It's 7am. I'm Malavili Krishnasamy. I'm here every Tuesday, 7 to 8.30am. Coming up, we've got Dr. Jill Berry and we're looking back at 2021 and forward to 2022. It's Tuesday morning. This is Teachers Talk Radio and we are live. Live from Valencia, this is The Breakfast Show with Mal Krishnasamy on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. It's all very Christmassy, isn't it? It's very exciting. Every day it's like, how many sleeps to Christmas with my kids? So, what have we got going on today? Okay, we've already got Dr. Jill Berry in the studio. Welcome, Jill. We're waiting for a few others. Unfortunately, um, Dr. Emma Cow can't make it today. She's got COVID, along with most of England, I would say. Uh, quite a lot of my friends have COVID at the moment. Um, one of my friend's husband was hospitalised last week, so it doesn't sound like much fun at the moment. Um, just want to say, last night, Matt Williams was on the TTR Airwaves, and Matt was a founding member of Teachers Talk Radio. And um, if I've got this right, he was our first ever um DJ on the airwaves. Um, I'm not counting Tom Rogers because he was pootling about on the Thursday to see if it worked. <laughs> and then on Saturday, we had a proper show with Matt Williams. And um, unfortunately, he had to stop. Um, he was gutted himself to say he's going to have to stop being a DJ. I mean, I loved listening to his show Saturday mornings um, because he has stage four bowel cancer. Now, last night there was a, a special show um, by Matt 
And it was so good to hear him on the airwaves, um, especially when he says, and we are live. <laughs> That's, um, that became one of our taglines because of Matt. Um, so Matt is chase, uh, raising money for Bell Cancer UK. And to support him, Teachers Talk Radio will be doing a 24-hour marathon uh, on Twitter Spaces. And the exciting thing is it's going to kick off at midnight. This is on the, it would help if I tell you when. It's going to be on the 29th of December, uh, starting at midnight. And it will kick off with Tom Rogers and Graham Collum, uh, the banger boys. Uh, you're, well, I say that not in a rude way. <laughs> they both went to Bangor University. That's how they know each other. Uh, and it's going to end with myself and Ella. Um, and we'll be doing the graveyard shift 10 till midnight. Um, it's going to be like comic relief, but probably not as funny. But in between, we've got lots of hosts who have signed up to do a two-hour slot. Uh, there'll be two hosts per slot. Um, it's going to be brilliant. And with Ella, I'm really looking forward to it. Ella's usually in the background. Um, she does a lot of work for Teachers Talk Radio in the background, a lot of the admin staff. Um, and myself and Ella... <laughs> I'm almost afraid for you <laughs> with me and Ella on the airwaves together. Um, but it is amazing to see how far Teachers Talk Radio has come this year. Uh, I think the first show was on the 31st of January. Um, I was probably the third or fourth ever DJ on the, or DJ, I'm not a DJ, host on the airwaves on about the 8th of February. And I don't even think we had jingles back then. Um, or we had very simple jingles. And then Graham got more and more, Graham Collum um, got more and more elaborate. And so, um, yeah, and I don't think we had news. <laughs> Jill saying, I'm certainly a DJ, a disc jockey. There are no discs, Jill. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> pushing buttons here. Um, I'm sitting on my bed pushing buttons. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. I don't think that's what DJs do. I'm thinking of Simon Bates and the Romeo and Juliet music he used to have in the background. Da -da -da -da, da -da -da -da. Do you remember that, Jill? <laughs> oh, just a jockey then. Thanks, Jill. Okay. Um, so today what we're doing is we are looking back... <laughs> We are looking back and looking forward. We're looking back at 2020 um, and looking forward. No, we're not. <laughs> 2021. It's something like a bypass 2021. Oh, hang on. My screen's gone. Uh, 2022. You're welcome to call in as you're already here. Um, so we are looking back at 2021. What a year we've had. Or have we? <laughs> it's been a, a another weird one. 2020 was um, pretty rough. Um, and uh, I, I know 2020 was pretty rough for me. Um, um, a lot of people have been going through grief. But there's been some great stuff going on as well in between 
still, are you with us? No, I think I might have missed you, Jill. I thought I pressed the button, but... Oh, no, you're here. Hello? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. How are you? <laughs> I'm absolutely fine. It's a while since I've done this. I've had time to forget exactly how it works. So, um, yeah, I do that every tech week. Wobbles. <laughs> <laughs> every week I'm like, what am I pressing? It doesn't help that it's the morning, but to be fair, I mean, Spain, it's, it's 10 past eight in Spain. So I should be better, you'd think. <laughs> it just oh, means I'm I go so to pleased. bed later. <laughs> I was hoping it wasn't 10 past six. I can never work it out. No, no. Every day it's like, it's 12 now. What what time is it in the UK? And I'm like, and when we do get our forever home, we're going to have an office with different clocks on the wall, like we're in the stock exchange or something. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's you like, what time it go, is Mal. it there? It's, it's time to let it go. Just focus I'm on not, Valencia. I can't let time. it go. Well, I'd like to, but it's like working out what time is it in the UK because I work with lots of people in the UK. So it's oh, like, yeah, uh, yeah, so it's like, um, if I tell them nine o'clock, that's eight o'clock for them. <laughs> that's not yeah, going to work. There's plenty of room for error there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how are you? I'm absolutely fine. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear about Emma. I haven't spoken yeah. to Emma in ages. I was really looking forward to speaking to her through to her through this today but um, yeah but get well yeah. soon Emma if you do if yeah, you do hear get this, well I'll send her a message later yeah I mean she'll be she'll be back I'll make her I'll be badgering her <laughs> I'll be oh, badgering yeah. her well, and listen like, to she'll her be when she is yeah. yeah definitely so um but it seems like a lot of people in the UK have COVID almost everybody I'm speaking to has got it over there yeah, it's interesting. In the early days, I didn't really, ha I wasn't close to anyone. I, I didn't have friends mm. who had COVID. Whereas at the yeah. moment, I know many, many people. I think it's because so many of the people I know work in schools. And of course, so mm. many more young people have had it. And so the transmission here is, it's really high at the moment. And Omicron yeah. hasn't, hasn't been great for us. It, well, uh, from what I hear, it's not even Omicron yet it's oh, right. okay. delta right. that's going rife yeah. and omicron yeah. hasn't hit yet so that's a bit of a right. a worry something to look forward to yeah so good luck <laughs> i say i say from valencia i mean the numbers aren't high here at all but everybody wears a mask inside and outside we're on the beach and there isn't anyone for miles and you see people walking around with masks on and um yeah, it's just normal here to wear masks. Mm. And we see the kids coming out of school, four or five-year-olds wearing masks. Everybody wear masks and the numbers aren't high here at all. So um, I feel a lot safer. I stayed in a lot when I was still in the UK. I didn't go out much. I mean, some of my friends went out to pubs and that and I, I was like no <laughs> I'm not going mm. but um and it was pretty miserable really because we, we just wanted to be careful and but here we're out <laughs> we're out all the time because people are very careful so um that's good yeah yeah I've got more I can't of a wait life to visit. Really. I can't wait to visit yes. we've tried to get to Valencia for the past two years we were booked for June 2020 and of course it didn't happen but the hotel allowed mm. us to put it forward to June 2021 and it didn't happen mm. so now it's put forward to June 2022 so 
we're hoping and and I'm, yeah. i will i must see you if, if you're definitely out there just for a drink and a catch i'll make myself available <laughs> i'll make myself available yes definitely it'll be great to see you um okay so i was saying that what we're going to be doing is looking back at 2021 and looking for, I mean, it's, I was looking at the date, it's the 21st of the 12th, 21. Uh, mm-hmm. 2-1-1-2-2-1, that's pretty interesting. And um, what has 2021 been like for you? I think in many respects I'm lucky because I don't think COVID has affected my family as much as as it has many people um mm. we we're quite homebodies my husband and i we we like where we live we live in a nice place we're, we're on the edge of the, the country we we can walk uh, we're not working at the moment although i've done quite a lot of work from home quite a lot mm. of work online just consultancy leadership development work which has worked really well Mal. i, I enjoy mm. using zoom for that I, it's been an interesting challenge to work out how to use it in a way that is interactive and engaging and that yeah. builds a community and that people enjoy and learn from and reflect on and process so that's been quite an interesting challenge um and as I'm, I'm going to go on to say but I, I've been more creative I've had time mm. and space and thinking time to be more creative which means I've done things that I wouldn't have done had COVID not happened and that's just an interesting angle I think and I know mm. quite a few of the people who've said the same so it has brought opportunities as well as challenges but our parents are no longer alive so I'm not caring for for elderly parents at a distance mm. in a pandemic and I know many people who do um, I've got friends who've had grandchildren born sometimes in the UK, quite often overseas that they haven't been able to see. Um, Mm. I know people who've got money worries, who real concerns about their jobs. And I look at that and think in many respects, we're protected. We're at a stage Mm. in our lives where those things aren't aren't an issue for us. So I do feel lucky. And if I can support other people who are struggling with some of the the issues that we don't have to face, then I've been very keen to do that. But Mm. I think the pandemic probably hasn't been as, well, it hasn't been as difficult for us as I know it has been for many. And I'm always very mindful of that whenever I'm talking Mm. about how our lives have been. What about you? I mean, it hasn't stopped you getting married. It hasn't stopped you no. <laughs> moving to Valencia. No, if anything, it accelerated a lot of things, I suppose. I mean, I think um, we joke with our friends that lockdown either makes you or breaks you as a couple, and it probably made us as a couple. Um, we, yeah, he popped the question after 15 years. So it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> So why not? Well, I'm not going. I'm not going anywhere. So, (laughs) so yeah. Um, um, we. I suppose in in one way, it was great to have something to focus on like that. Um, and it was very exciting. Sort of the idea of because we hadn't seen anyone in so long, and um, usually in the summers we go all around the country and see our friends and family and you know. But it was just 
it was it i know it's a bit of a cliche when people say it's the best day of your life but it really was the best day of our lives because all our favorite people one of my friends came over from america um i mean i just mentioned to him oh you know tim pop the question we're going to get married in september and i know it's a lot to ask but totally understand you know being doing the english thing and oh, totally understand <laughs> apologizing for existing for even asking and he's like give me a minute and then he sent me a picture of his ticket and i was like what <laughs> i couldn't believe it so um yeah and it was so good to see him and he'll be back mm. and coming over to visit in march in valencia That's so that'll sick. be good okay. yeah but yeah i think it's a funny it's a th- 2021 will go down as you know, on paper, it sounds amazing because we got married and we moved to Valencia, but it's been highly stressful. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> highly stressful because um, even being in Valencia the last month, you know, all the paperwork we have to do, trying to find schools for the kids and, you know, I'm not moaning and just... It's just get, it feels like we're getting everything ready for 2022 where we can just chill. And then we could just be and enjoy it, really. I'm sure you will. Are the kids reasonably settled, would you say? Um, the kids are so used to being with us. <laughs> that I mean, one of the things I said, one of the vows where most people were in tears, <laughs> so grown men were crying, um, was when I said that the four of us, wherever we are, it's home. It doesn't matter where we are. And um, and that's kind of become a family motto, wherever we are is home. So it doesn't matter where we are. And they, the kids have really taken that on board, you know, yeah. that it, it's not about – because <laughs> even in Valencia we've moved three times in, mm. you know, in less than a month. And, um, yeah, it's not about bricks and mortar. It's about us as a family. Mm. So, that's um, lovely. Yeah, yeah. So they, you know, they they're quite. Well, so well, really, the real test is when they start school in January. Yeah, mm. that will be the test. So uh, that will be interesting. But yeah, yeah. so tell well, us. It is. I mean, you know? it is about life. What's what you make it. What is is what you make it. And I think one of the things that the pandemic has forced us to do is to ask ourselves what matters most. It's really yeah. encouraged us to take stock and to work out priorities and to think actually Mm. in the grand scheme of things that matters a lot less than we thought it did actually this matters a lot more um and maybe that's why the proposal and that's why you changed your lives that actually let's get on with it let's do what we want to do let's focus Mm. on the things that that are really important to us and and just keep a sense of perspective really and 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 I think a lot of people have done that and it's been a real opportunity to to recalibrate some things in our lives so there have been opportunities at the same time I don't underestimate how tough it's been yeah and I think that's it because um for Tim my husband it still feels weird saying that um (laughs) for for Tim he's been talking about moving to Spain for years absolutely years and I wasn't having any of it because I quite I loved living in Bournemouth um but come February I, I just it was like a switch 
went off in my head and I thought actually we can be anywhere because for the past year we'd been doing everything online with work and so actually we can be any everywhere uh, anywhere and um and it's funny because we were watching that film again last night night and day and it's where Tom Cruise is on the plane with Cameron Diaz and she says someday and he says Mm. someday is just code for never and it's become kind of our motto that actually, why someday? Why don't we just do it now? Mm. You know, so many people, especially teachers, we know that um, basically say, oh, yeah, when I retire, I'm going to do this. When I retire, I do that. And, you know, you must know as well as I mean, I know several people who retired and then within 18 months they were gone. Mm. You know, and you just think that someday lasted 18 months, not even that. And you just think, well, live for now, live now, enjoy life. I think now. so, and I, I, yeah, and I think you you do need to. I'm, I am quite a planner, Matt. I like to mm. plan, uh, and I know not everyone is like that. But I think you do have to take the long view. So I mm. worked for thirty years, but I stopped full time work. I stepped back from headship at fifty two, and mm. and I've had twelve brilliant years since then doing very different things I loved mm-hmm. headship I didn't step away from it because I was too stressed or exhausted or I, I was still enjoying it I knew I was still doing a good job in year 10 but I didn't mm-hmm. want to be head in the same school for 15 20 and I, I could have done um, mm-hmm. and I wanted to do different things and I have done different things mm-hmm. and I because I do lots of, of coaching and working with people in education I do sometimes talk to people who are quite miserable in their current jobs in their current Mm -hmm. schools sometimes with their current leadership and I know it's easy for me to say you really need to think about making a change because I'm not the one who's having to go through that Mm -hmm. but actually if you are miserable at work it is too big a part of your life to put up with that and I would say you do need to think about what you want from life. And if you're in the wrong place, there are ways of stepping away from that and finding a different route forward. So Mm. leaving one job, even under a bit of a cloud, because perhaps it hasn't worked out, you thought there was alignment between what you wanted and what the school provided and, and you found that it didn't. It's not the end of your career by any stretch of the imagination. I know lots of people who've had a misstep, sometimes more than one, who've got back on track. And anyone listening to this who is in that position, who's dreading going back to work in January, you know, I would say you really need to give some careful thought. I know it takes courage. I know it's a risk, but it can be a manageable, calculated risk to... Mm rethink I know people who've been made redundant and that's just been catastrophic at the time but actually it's got them on a better course it's got Mm. them to do things that they would probably never have done yeah had they not stepped off that conveyor belt because they had to step off the conveyor belt they Mm. reassessed their lives and thought actually I'm not sure I do want to do that I think I want to do this and this is an opportunity so I do think it's important to to be honest with yourself, and if you're not where you want to be, think, how much of my energy am I putting into complaining about that, <laughs> agonizing about that, moaning mm. about that? Could I use that energy more constructively to make a positive change which is going to be better for me? And if it's better for me, 
it's better for my friends, it's better for my family, it's better for all those that I love, the people around me. So I know it's easy to say, and I know it can be tough to do, but it's not impossible. No, not at all. I mean, we've done it so, uh, twice now, <laughs> upsticked and, you know, because we were miserable in London. I mean, London's my home. It's where I'm from. It was where I was born, you know, but we were miserable. I hardly saw my son. Um, and so we were like, right, we're, we're going to go and live, start again by the coast. And we've had an amazing five years in Bournemouth. But again, it got to the stage where actually this isn't what we want anymore. We want something more for our children, um, a better future for our children. And um, there are ways of making it happen. It's like you say, I think if you're somewhere where you are miserable and it doesn't fit with your values, it, it's time to move on. And I think that's something that when I'm coaching people, they don't realise the reason, part of the reason why they are hugely miserable is because the school's values doesn't align with their values and they don't realise what an impact that has on their mind and their body. Would you agree, Jill? Yes, absolutely. And I think if you are unhappy at work, you can't can't easily compartmentalise that and think, well, now I'm not at work so I can just have a a positive time and it it bleeds Mm. into other elements Mm. of your life. Um, and I, I would especially always say that, you know, teaching, I think, especially teaching, because I mean, I was, uh, you know, uh, I had a life pre-teaching <laughs> and I was in a job where I was miserable, but then I could go out and just enjoy myself. I could just leave it all behind. Um, but with teaching, it's difficult to do that, isn't it? I think it's maybe because there's something very personal about teaching. I mean, mm. obviously, your teacher persona isn't exactly the same as your your personal identity but but mm. it, it's it has to be closely related otherwise you feel you're wearing a mask and trying to be a different person all the time yeah so I think you yeah. give a lot of yourself you you mm. do invest a lot of who you are in your relationships with your colleagues with your students and I think if it isn't working it does feel like a, a personal failure or a personal attack I mean mm. I think it's one of the reasons that people find appraisal and, and professional review quite tricky sometimes because it's it's hard to be mm. detached and to think well this is just the job I do it, it, it feels as far more personal than that um, mm. and I think I mean sometimes I've, I've I remember from my own school days some teachers who well they they just they weren't suited to the job really they mm. weren't they weren't able to command the respect of a class they weren't they weren't able to to manage discipline And I remember even then as a a teenage girl thinking it must be hell to come into work every day to do that if Mm. actually it's a battle and you feel that you're not respected or that you're laughed at or whatever it might be. With Mm. some jobs, if you don't do a particularly good job, someone further down the line might find it problematic for them because you haven't quite done the best job you can. In teaching, if you're not able to do a good job, it, it just rebounds on you, doesn't it? And if you mm. get to the point where you, you somehow manage to to anesthetize yourself against that and think, well, I don't care, you know, I just take my money and that, that's no life. 
So, mm. and, and I know when things go wrong, it isn't necessarily because of discipline. It isn't necessarily because of your skill or lack of skill as a teacher. It may be, as you say, that the values just aren't right. And sometimes mm. you can start a job where you do feel there's an alignment, but things change over time. You know, yeah. the governing body changes, the leadership changes, mm. um, the school ethos changes in some ways. It's taken over by another organization with a slightly different mindset. Mm. And you suddenly think, actually, this this isn't a comfortable place for me to be. And I think there's better out there and you deserve mm. better. But yeah. you do have to be bold in order to recognize that, to take action and to go out there and look for it. And I think that's it with the um, women in mantra, 10% braver. You know, I often say to my coaches, sometimes it's 10% braver to leave. Because many feel like they have to stay and make do. And it's like, no, you don't have to do anything. And and there is that guilt kind of thing, leaving the children and so on. But, you know, you have it's no good to the children if you're miserable. It's And interestingly, it's like a marriage. I, I, I have mm. a couple of friends who work for Relate Counselling. And oh, yeah. I remember talking to one That's of handy. them and... Yes. <laughs> she said um she said that you know sometimes the best course is for is for couples to separate. And I said, mm. Oh, that's interesting. I always thought that, that your bottom line was to try to help people repair relationships and stay together. And she said, Well, we are trying to, to help them, but but sometimes the the right answer is that this is isn't working, it's no longer working. Yeah. And yeah. you you've your best coming to relate as being part of it but actually you would be happier apart mm. um and I, I think you know we feel that if you walk away from a job if you walk away from a relationship again it's some sort of failure mm. but sometimes just things change over time and what yeah. was right 10 20 years ago isn't right anymore mm. it's interesting i've been married for oh we got married in 1988 we mm. started going out in 1974 Oh, <laughs> probably before stop any it. Of Seriously, I know, oh, I know, I know. I was one. And actually, <laughs> our marriage is stronger now. Our relationship yeah. over those years, we've got closer. It's got stronger. Mm. But I do sometimes think, in a way, that's unusual because I'm not the person now that I was when I was 16. And, mm. and it's, you know, they're kind of related, those people. But obviously, you evolve and change over time. Yeah. And my husband has evolved and changed over time, too. As it happens, I think we've kind of evolved somehow in parallel. But for other yeah. people, that doesn't happen. And I think, yeah. again, I can remember somebody at the first Women Ed conference came away from that and decided to enter a relationship. And it was all bound up with the, well, 10% braver. You know, what what do I want from life? What do I need to do? And she Mm. realized that one of the things she needed to do was to get out of a relationship. So it wasn't to do with her professional context at all. Yeah. But it was the same message. Mm. Um, And I think we do have choices. I do believe that we have more agency than we sometimes give ourselves credit for. But we have to use it now. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think that was a a kind of light bulb moment for me in my 30s, early 30s, that actually I have a choice here. I can continue down this path where I feel miserable or I can just take control and say, actually, no, 
no, and then go a different direction. And I think that was pretty life-changing for me, just having that attitude. And it just meant that I was able to bring in more joy into my yes. life, you know, yeah. without having to Find put the up joy. with yeah. Find the joy. With that, yeah. you know, I'm not a big I, fan of the word joy, but like. <laughs> oh, I am. But like, I love it. I use it all the time. No, I'm very joy positive. I, everyone knows I'm very positive, but just I think it's overused. <laughs> oh, well, it's certainly overused in my house. I'm yeah. always talking about joy. And, and I think that's a message that you're spreading through your coaching work, isn't it? That trying mm. to get people to think about what what matters most to them, you know, what will bring them satisfaction and reward and happiness and a feeling of achievement. Um, and how do they go about making that happen for themselves? So it's, mm. it's empowering. And yeah, I think otherwise we could just get sucked into a negative vortex where we're just, again, we're using up too much of our energy mm. complaining about the things we don't like rather than yeah. trying to visualize what, what do we want? You know, yeah. I read a, a book about um, a leader's guide to coaching and mm. there was this great phrase, it, it's um, John Campbell and Christian Van Nieuwerberg who said, you know, we need to change the narrative from what's not wanted to what's wanted instead. Mm. So when we're having a good old moan and a good old rant, it's what's not wanted. And that's fine. Get it out of your system, articulate mm. what's making you miserable or frustrated or whatever. But then stop, say, okay, that's what's not wanted. But what's wanted instead? What, what are we trying to achieve? Mm. What does... What does good look like here? And then how can we get from that point to this point? And yeah. so I, I think it's, I do believe in, in positive thinking. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's a lot easier. That that's a lot easier for some people than others. Yes. And that's where oh, coaching yeah, comes in, isn't it? Yeah. Because uh, I know I'm, I'm the type of person that, well, in February, it was like a switch, and I was like, right, let's go to Spain. And it <laughs> literally was like that. That was February, and then November, we're in Spain because I'm that sort of person. I'm like, once I've made a decision, I'll do everything I can to make it happen. But not everybody is like that, and they can get bogged down in the the miserableness of you know, they get bogged down in that cycle of this isn't working, this is working, this isn't working, this isn't working, but not knowing what to do. Yeah, I, I, I know that. And, and my husband reminds me of that, you know, that, that mm. he, he will sometimes say it's easier for you because that's your predisposition, if you like. Other mm. people aren't like that. And I understand that. I think mm. the other thing that's important is support, Mal. Mm. You know, you've got the support of your husband um, mm. and your children, whereas <laughs> other people giggle feel like a that, child. <laughs> <laughs> they're fighting on all fronts because it's not what yeah. they want, but they're not they're not getting support. And my mm. husband is amazing because he's always sort of said, of course you can. That's been his, his phrase. Mm. Whereas I do know some people who have people around them who were saying, are you sure you can? Oh, I'm not sure you can. Do you mm. think you can? And that's constantly plant, planting self-doubt rather than mm. building self-belief. So yeah. I do know. And I, think, I do know yeah. it's not easy. Yeah, and I'd say that for both myself and my husband, um, it was like that for us before we met each other, that we yeah. had voices saying, no, you can't. Or, what are you Why are you doing that? I mean, I even remember, you know, I used to have a, a, a part-time job in a supermarket when I was doing my A-levels, and everyone around me, I say part-time, but I was doing like 30 hours a week. <laughs> 
<laughs> but like um, everyone around me in the supermarket would be like, why are you going to university? You know, which one do, are you sure yeah. you could be working here full time? So constantly yeah. messages, oh, what do you want to do that for? But I was on that path. No, this is what I want. But um, yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, it's interesting now. Our, our lives have obviously been very different in a number of ways, but I worked in a supermarket as well. I started, I think, when I was 16, and I it, it was a Saturday job, and I used to occasionally work in the holidays or Thursday and Friday night late opening. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually took took that through until after I'd done my A-levels, just before I went to university. And I can remember one of the, the girls that I used to work with um, saying, you know, I can't imagine not living in the next street to my mum. And and I oh. thought that's really interesting because I love my mum dearly, but mm-hmm. I don't want to spend my life living in the next street to her. And and mm-hmm. I, it it's and it and I thought why why do I think that and why does she think that? Because none mm-hmm. of my family have been to university. You know, my parents had both left school at fifteen, fourteen, or fifteen. So mm-hmm. it wasn't that it was the expectation in my well. It, yeah, in fact, I know I know what it was. It was school. The school mm-hmm. I went to encouraged me to think about what might be possible and then what mm-hmm. what I might want out of life. And that's why school is just so important, isn't it? Because yeah. it can yeah. it can help open doors and help people see what the options are and make some choices. Whereas mm. this young woman, um, and I think she did, you know, she got married, she lived in the street next to her mum, she had kids, she'll have grandkids. And mm. I hope she's very happy. But I thought, I think I need, I think I need something more from my life. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Creativity. Yes. So you've been quite creative. <laughs> I was reading another one of your blogs last night um, on Ten Percent Braver as well. Yeah, the women-led um, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, tell us about your creativity. How you've been creative over lockdowns? I think I'm, I've always been interested in creativity. When I was, I was an English teacher, and when mm-hmm. I was head of department, I started doing a masters. It was 15 years into my career. And when I had to choose the, um, the subject for my research, I decided I, I wanted to look at creativity. I wanted to look at how I was creative in my teaching, how I encouraged the children I taught to be creative. But because I was head of department, how I could spread that message into the classrooms of the other people in my team and, and mm. encourage creativity in others. So that was the, the subject of my research. And I started my master's when I was head of department. Actually, by the time I finished it, I was head of sixth form and on Mm. the senior leadership team of another school in another part of the country. We'd completely relocated. And Mm. I really thought, can I I finish this? Can I summon up the energy to finish this when I'm starting a new job, we're buying a new house? But I I did finish it and I'm really pleased I did. So creativity Mm. has always been something I've thought about. And I think I became increasingly aware in the pandemic of how a lot of the people I knew, particularly women, particularly women, older women. So I'm in my 60s now. So a lot of my friends are 60s or 50s or some of them are 70s. And I I absolutely understand if you're a a young man or a young woman, if you've got young children, 
then probably in the pandemic, you were busier than ever because you were working from home, you were running your home, you were perhaps supervising your children's home learning. So life was very manic for some people. Mm. But for those of us who are a bit older, it was less manic because many of the things that we would routinely have done, we weren't able to do. So people weren't perhaps visiting other people. They weren't going on holiday. They didn't have the, the kind of social life. They weren't going shopping. They weren't pursuing some of their hobbies. Obviously, some hobbies we could still mm. pursue, but, but some of them we couldn't. And that just generated some time and some space. And a lot of the women I know became more creative. Mm. So I've got a number of friends who um, are, are painting, perhaps watercolours or whatever, or sketching. Mm. I've got a number of friends who were doing various kind of craft activities. So one woman who's just brilliant at felting, she's creating all sorts of amazing pictures and things in felt. I've got a few who are crocheting, which I mm. find really funny because my grandmother was the person who, who crocheted. You know, she, <laughs> um, she used to do these sort of circular doily type mats. Oh, God, I remember um, doing that as a kid. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, we're on every surface. You know, they look yeah. like kind of lacy grey puddles everywhere yeah. or casters <laughs> on the back of chairs and yeah. um but yes I've got a friend who's crocheting and she's crocheted some beautiful things you know a, mm. a baby blanket for a new grandchild she's she's done all sorts of stuff um, mm. I know a lot of people who are knitting and mm. sewing and embroidering so so suddenly there seemed to be this explosion of creativity mm. mainly among the women mainly of a certain age Mm. Now, I am I'm no good at art. My, my elder brother um, was very good at art, and he used to do my art homework when I was at school. This is a terrible admission. <laughs> um, and the teacher was always quite shocked that, you know, the quality of artwork I seemed to be able to produce for homework was so much better than anything I ever did in class. Um, so I'm not artistic, and I'm not good at crafts either. My mother was brilliant at knitting and sewing and but I think actually as I grew up it was oh Jill let me do it <laughs> so I never, <laughs> I never really kind of developed those skills but I do like to write um, but mm. most of the writing that I've done has been about education so after I'd done my doctorate after I finished my headship I wrote Making the Leap which was about moving from deputy to head I really enjoyed mm. writing it but I didn't want to write more and more education books. I kind of thought, I've been there, I've done that, I've got that T-shirt, I'm proud of it. It's great that it's out there, that new people are coming into the target audience all the time. As people get to the point where they might be considering headship, they often they're reading it, they're recommending it, they're responding to it, sending me messages, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, and I write an education blog and I've written chapters for like the Women Ed book and, and various other things. Mm. Um, and I, I read education books. I've just written the foreword to succeeding as an English teacher. So I write about education a lot. But what I really wanted to know was whether I could write a novel. And mm. as I said in that Women Ed blog, after the first Women Ed book, 10% Braver, came out, um, which was 2019, we were, those of us who'd contributed it, were asked to make a short video of ourselves talking about when we had been 10% braver and what we might do if we were 10% braver still. And mm. I said, and I was looking at the video the other day, I was 10% braver when I, A, studied for a doctorate, which was 
it was hard and it was a real step up from the masters I'd done 15 years earlier and then mm. I wrote a book about it I'm very proud of those things however if I were 10% braver still I would try to write a novel and in the women ed unconference which was at Sheffield Hallam University in October 2019 at mm. the end Hannah Wilson was a great believer in pledges. So at the end, everybody was encouraged to make a pledge and to mm. enter it into the, to the Mentee app and you know, put them up. You saw your pledge up mm. there on the big screen. And my yeah. pledge was, I'm going to try and write a novel. And one or two people took me to task and said, why are you saying try? Why don't you just say, I'm going to write a novel? Mm. And I said, no, I've thought about this. Try is the right word because I don't know whether I can, but I want to attempt it. Mm. So... I started before the pandemic. It was the winter of, of 2019, the end of 2019. I started to write this story, which actually mm. became a short story. And I, various people read it and gave me feedback. And a number of people said, you know, it's, it's an interesting story, but actually there's too much in it for a story. I like a slow burn. Mm. You need to slow down and tell that story, not in... 10,000 words, but in 50 or 60,000 words. Mm. And then the pandemic hit and I had time because I was mm. doing less work. And even when I was working, I wasn't traveling to London, staying overnight in a hotel, doing my work, yeah. traveling home again. I was going up to my study for two or three hours. Mm. And I, it generated this, these blocks of time. And I sat down and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote. And I loved the process of writing that. It was mm. so satisfying and enjoyable mm. it wasn't easy it's different from education writing it was harder it was more mm. personal because you you give something of yourself if mm. you're writing fiction um and when I got to the end of it I thought this is great I got various people to write it uh, read it got mm. lots of constructive feedback I used that feedback to review it to revise it I think to improve it um, but I got to a point where I thought, you can keep tinkering and tinkering. I think I need to put that on one side now, and I want to write something else. I need to think mm -hmm. of a new idea. And, and I chose a new idea, which was quite different, and I wrote something else, which mm. was different. So yeah. this was my 10% braver. So through 2020, um, I wrote two novels, Mm. And then I started to think about what do I want to do now? Do I want to just keep these to myself and my close circle of friends and family who've read them? Or do I want to consider whether I could get them published so that they can be out there for more people to read? Mm. Um, and I started to think about how I might promote. And at the same time, I started the third book. So I have now written three books Wow. But the next 10% Braver stage is is to get them published, to get them mm. out there. Um, so that will be 2022, and I'm, I'm going to self-publish. Fantastic. That's exciting. It is exciting. It's also risky. Mm. You're making yourself vulnerable. Mm. You are risking rejection <laughs> and yeah. disappointment. But if we're not prepared to risk failure we're never going to achieve success are we yeah if we're not yeah. prepared to put ourselves out there we don't know what might be possible mm. so although it would be easier and more comfortable to say well 
you know, some people won't like these books, so let's just keep them to ourselves. It's kind of, really? Is that what we want? Yeah. So, yeah, so that's the plan, self-publishing and, and doing the promotion. Mm. And, I mean, I would have preferred to have a, an agent and a publisher, but that hasn't happened this year. I've, I've tried hard, mm. but it hasn't happened. So it's mm. kind of, do I forget it? Or do I take what I think, again, is a sort of calculated, manageable risk? It's not a reckless risk. You know, it's not going to, I'm going to have to put some money and time and effort into it, but it's not. You know, it's it's not a huge risk, um, mm. and see whether I can get more people to read, and I hope enjoy, and maybe mm. share. And um, that interestingly, the three books are all quite short, so they're about fifty five thousand words, mm. and lots of new no novels are kind of eighty to a hundred thousand. Mm. But I read I read a lot, Mal. I mean, I was an English teacher. I did an English degree. I read a lot of fiction. Mm. And I have to say, some of the things I read are too long. Mm. So although I'm quite a resilient reader and I usually finish them because, you know, that, that's I am a finisher. Often mm. the last third I'm thinking this is dragging. This would mm. have been a better book if it had been more concise. Yeah. I feel that sometimes that some films are too long, some oh, drama series yeah. have too many episodes. I, I don't know what it is that you know we, we talk about we know less is more, but then we don't always apply yeah. that in practice. So we think Actually more that's is more. What, that's something I always say about um British series like Fleabag and um there was one there's only been one series in America where I've been like um Shit's Creek that that yeah. was short and yeah. I think they're brilliant because you can see that they had a plan it was short and it was brilliant but then you've got others like lost <laughs> battlestar yeah. galactica which and so on yeah. we completely lost its way and yeah. but they were just trying to get more and more viewers and it didn't work and they ended up losing it's happened viewers, to so many yeah. it's happened to yeah. so many i mean we i think it happened a long time ago with twin peaks which i thought initially oh, was God, was amazing yeah. this was back in the yeah. 80s which yeah which just i became remember ridiculous. it yeah. And if they're if they're making money, I think it's well not not just in America actually. I feel that with some British series as well. I think mm. okay, this is eight episodes. If it had been four episodes, it would have been better. But they're mm. making money, so they spin it out and then another series and then another series. Mm. And I think when they have been self-contained, I remember Breaking Bad I thought was brilliant because it was self-contained you know it was several seasons but you knew it wasn't going to go on and on at the moment we're watching uh, the walking dead and i find it quite oh. compelling but we yeah. just finished season oh. eight and it would have been far better if it had stopped if they'd rounded it off at maybe season six i think they but should have if stopped at episode many. one <laughs> oh I, I i i understand why you say that but actually i found it really really quite quite addictive but, but yeah. yeah we're thinking can we bear I think there are another three seasons so uh, yeah <laughs> I think my view is that sometimes less is more shorter is better mm. and I'm thinking with these short novels they are short novels so I'm going to publish all three in one volume mm. only electronic certainly initially one e-volume um, because I think they're particularly suitable for book clubs Mm. I've been in a few book clubs. I'm in two at the moment. Mm. And if you have books that are too long, 
inevitably some people at book club won't get to the end. Yeah. And they either don't turn up to the meeting or they do turn up to the meeting and it kind of impedes the discussion because you're thinking, mm. can we talk about the end? It's going to spoil it for this person. Yeah. We yeah. can't have a really good discussion because not everybody has read the whole thing. Mm. And I think shorter books might well work better. And they're the kinds of books that, again, women of a certain age who tend to be the ones who populate book clubs in the main, I think mm. might find appealing. So that's my plan, Mel. That's my 10% yeah. brave of 2022. That's fantastic. That's exciting. Because I, I suppose so. it's like, yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, when you create something, it's like having a baby, isn't it? You know, you, you're putting it out there in the world. I mean, that that's terrifying. <laughs> It's, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a big thing to kind of yeah. produce something that then, then, kind of has a life beyond you, you know. And, and yeah. how will people yeah. respond to it, and what will, you know, what what how will I cope if mm. there's negativity? Well, I suppose it's like you know, to bring it down to a different level. But like being on Twitter, when you say mm. things on Twitter, you don't know what response you're going to get. Sometimes mm. you can get antagonism. Um, or aggression but actually if you never said anything because you were scared mm. of the response what kind of society would we be and yeah. I, I love Twitter I've been on Twitter since 2011 I've actually mm. found it an amazingly Same. positive experience but I know for yeah. many people who for whom that's not true and I think if people are well if they're, if they're kind of rude and aggressive or abusive then that's fine you just mute them or block them or whatever mm. if they disagree with you that's not a bad thing as long as they can yeah. do it you know, reasonably politely and constructively and yeah. I would engage in conversation with them and sometimes that takes us to a different place a, a, mm. a better understanding on both sides so yeah. I think you have to be prepared to say what you think and to to stand by what you believe and to stand by what you've created and I accept that, yes, not everybody will like it. Of course they wouldn't. Mm. What a dull world it would be if we all felt the same. Yeah. And maybe I will learn something from the people who are who are critical or dismissive or whatever. Mm. But it's an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to and, – and to grow because depending yeah. on how res people respond – to these I do want to write more I enjoyed writing so much mm. that I do want to keep writing but yeah. my energies I think at this stage will go into promoting what I've written mm. and then I will take stock and and in the light of the response I get decide where I go next so I mm. should keep you posted Mal yes do um, and I'll, I'm certainly I mean I, th I think one of the issues with self-publishing is that you do then have to, to promote, you know, you've got no publisher or agent who's out there fighting mm. for you. You do have to promote it yourself. Yeah. But I've got um, about 36,000 followers on Twitter now. Mm. I've got about 2,500 on LinkedIn, probably a similar number on Facebook. So that's mm. quite a good start in terms yeah. of having a network of people. Mm. And, and certainly on Twitter, most people who follow me, they're educators, they're readers. Mm. Um, a, a lot of people have read Making the Leap, and I hope they might be then interested in seeing what kind of, if they do read fiction, what mm. kind of fiction um, I'm producing. I'm also looking into doing an audio book of Making the Leap, recording an oh. audio book in the new year, because yeah. I think audio books are 
I think, again, in the pandemic, a lot of people have been listening to books and mm. podcasts on a run, on a walk, yeah. on a commute. Um, yeah. So the um, do the audio book and making the leap. And depending on how that goes, I might think, do I want to do an audio book of the, the three short novels as well at some stage mm. in the future? Um, yeah. Because it's just a different medium, isn't it? And yeah. some people... Some people like that. So, mm. yeah, so interesting times. And, yeah. Uh, and good luck to everybody else with their creativity because I think yeah. it can be incredibly satisfying and rewarding to produce something of your own, whatever that is. Mm. And if the pandemic has given you the opportunities or the inclination or the time and space to do this, again, it's, it's just one of the positives to come out of a mm. crisis. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. You've always written, haven't you? Did I read somewhere that you you've always had a diary or something? Oh God, yes. Yeah, you've yeah, always had yeah, a diary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I talked about it. I did a TEDx talk in 2019, and I talked about mm. it there because, and I've also written a blog about journals and diaries because I think mm. it's good therapy. I mean, I'm sure it's oh, something definitely. that you explore as well. Mm. But if there is a lot in your head actually writing it down is one way of, of helping process it or clarify mm. your thinking. Um, so, yeah, and I started my diary in the 70s and pretty much kept it up ever since. So I still keep a diary now. Mm. And my husband, one of the presents under the tree, which I can see as I sit here, will be next <laughs> year's diary. He, was, he buys me yeah. a really nice leather-bound oh, diary. So nice. I've got this yeah. collection of, of diaries now. Um, mm. And a few years ago, I started rereading this day in history in previous mm -hmm. diaries. So at the moment, I'm rereading 1991 and 2001. So mm. um, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And yeah. sometimes I read 40 years ago. And it's, it's very interesting to see how our lives have changed but also the things yeah. that have remained constant and I, mm. I I share it with my husband and often it makes us laugh because he was obviously he's been in my life for yeah forever so my yeah. memories are his memories too and it's it's interesting but in 91 mm. I was the head of department I was working so hard absolutely mm. knackered but but enjoying it and in 2001 yeah. I was in my second year of headship so it's it is interesting to, to look back yeah. and then to look at my life now. And I would mm. always say, I prefer my life now. I prefer being the age I am, doing what I'm doing, despite mm. the fact that I'm older and my, my knees are knackered. <laughs> despite yeah. that, you know, life is, is richer. It's rich yeah. and full and joyful. Yeah. Now, yeah. I'm saying it. Okay, joyful. Joy. joy. <laughs> I don't know why I have this, you know, I'll get the hackles rising with the word joyful. Uh, <laughs> joy to the world. <laughs> but, yes. um, yeah, are I you, used to Are you singing? Music. Are you still singing no. out there? Yes, no. I joined a choir yes. before I even um, moved to Spain. Good. So, yeah, and uh, they've only just started, they've only been going for about a month, and it's great. Yeah, good. absolutely loving it. Really good stuff we're singing. So, and yeah. we had our Christmas do last week, so I got to know a Excellent. few others. And it's fascinating because it's, it's kind of like being uh, in London again, in that um, I was sitting on this table with someone from Isleworth. <laughs> 
So, like, and we worked out that at one point we lived five minute walk from each other in uh, what I called Far East Twickenham, which is Hounslow. Um, and uh, someone from Venezuela, uh, Valencians, and someone from New York via, I don't know, Iran, you know, just people from all over the world. That's what I love about Valencia is you have like London, people from all over the world all sitting around the table chatting to each other. Brilliant. Just, yeah, That's fantastic. Really yeah. But um, thank you so much. I interrupted no, you God. there. Sorry, you were going to oh, say no. you used to keep a diary. Oh, God, yes. I, uh, I kept a diary from the age of 13 all the way until I had my first child. Um, mm. And I kind of... And it is a, a, a regret I have a lot is that um, that I basically stopped writing for many years when I had children, and it's kind of the time that you really <laughs> want to remember. And I, when we moved over to Spain, I've got all these stacks of diaries from, you know, from nineteen eighty three onwards. Um, and like you, I do love looking back every now and then look back at, oh, what was going on? And I found there was one page I remember coming to, and it was June 17th, uh, 1991, I think it was, and I was 16. Uh, no, I wasn't. I was 17. Uh, and it said, I think I want to be a teacher. And that's how it started. <laughs> it's like there on the page. I think, yeah, I, I kind of like it. I did some work experience and I'm just wittering away, you know, and it's got all my university years in there and and working life and awful relationships. And so, <laughs> you know, it's all in there because I just used to spend hours just sitting there writing and writing and writing. Mm. And, uh, and now I think I've, it's since lockdown, I've channeled that into blogs, short blogs. Yes, where I just, yeah. You know, just write stuff, and yeah. and that and that has become my creativity, I suppose. Um, yeah, yeah. Just getting my thoughts down because I think for many years I bottled a lot up, and um, you know, I've never made it a secret. I've had a difficult time growing up, and having a journal really helped me process mm. a lot of that stuff and it's quite interesting mm. going back and reading that stuff and still say seeing me yeah. <laughs> I was blunt then I'm still blunt now <laughs> but <laughs> I think I have more understanding of the world and people now and uh, I don't know if I'm I think one thing I'm still is unforgiving I still don't forgive so um so it's interesting seeing that on the page from 30 years ago or something you know mm. so um it's yeah. great for self awareness isn't it it's great mm. for just pulling back a little bit and looking at the person you were or the person you are and i feel when i'm i'm reading my diaries from the from the 70s and when i was a teenager mm. i think yeah i recognize that girl i recognize mm. that she is me but obviously you, you change you evolve and and we've all got layers like onions anyway lots of yeah. different layers and, and sometimes we're different people in different mm -hmm. contexts with different people but occasionally you know she'd say something like 
I need to go on a diet. I feel fat. And I think, oh, for goodness sake, I want to give her a slap. For goodness yeah. sake. <laughs> um, but I think sometimes if you think there is something in, in my character that I, I wish was different, you know, I, I wish I was more forgiving or I wish I listened better or whatever it might be. And, mm. and, and sometimes I think, well, if anyone's going to change that, it has to be me. I have to mm. do that. It's not going mm. to change otherwise. So either yeah. I live with it, I accept it about myself. Mm. Um, and I think that's it. Recent, yeah. My that most recent blog was about accepted. talking. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And then okay. that's fine. Mm. It's good to accept mm. who we mm. are. Um, or you think, actually, I don't want to accept that. Or you think other people's perception of me is, is something that I'm not quite comfortable with. And mm. if I want to, if I want them to change their perception, I have to behave differently. I have to think about our relationship, the dynamic between us, because their perception mm. won't change if yeah. I don't change. So do I want their perception to change or does it not matter to me? It's, it's just, you're thinking about this all the time. The most recent blog I wrote, apart from the Women Ed one about 10% braver was was about mm. talking too much because in in my diaries I'd mm. I'd written you know 10 years apart went into a meeting and I think I said too much and then something else in a meeting I spoke my mind I don't think the chairperson liked it very much I wonder mm. whether if I'd been a man he would have accepted mm. or listened yeah. or responded differently and I thought mm. gosh that was an interesting thing to write 30 years ago so mm. I, I think I think diaries and, and journals are wonderful. And I hope that blogs aren't just ephemeral. I hope they're not just something that, you know, evaporates and that is short-lived, that if we've, if we've captured these things, mm. it's a bit like digital photographs, you know. I mean, I think yeah. people take loads and loads of photographs. They have all these photographs on their phone, but actually they're not, they're not keeping them, that they won't, they'll mm. change their phone. They'll... And I think... I have scrapbooks as well. I'm a real memorabilia fiend. And, and the scrapbooks are full of lots of different things, but, yeah. but they're punctuated by photographs of you know, different people, different times, different events. And mm. even now, my husband is really into photography. He's very good at photography. And he mm. will take, you know, 100 photographs of an event. But we will go through them and I will pick two or three and say, let's print those. Let's print those. Put them in the scrapbook. I actually write now exactly who's in them and when it was and what the date was because there'll come a time mm. when my memory isn't, well, mm. I don't think it's so great now, but there'll come <laughs> a time when it's definitely worse. Yeah. And it'd be nice to flick through the, the scrapbooks and the diaries. Yeah. See, this all this sort of stuff I used to do before children. And, yes, and I can see know, how you can't keep it up now when you know, you're really it's busy. Just, yeah, and it's great because I you look... You can start I, again. I can, I can, and I feel like I'm going to start again when we get our forever home because, you know, for years we've had our stuff in boxes. I mean, even in Bournemouth we moved about four times and we were waiting to, well, again, it's that feeling of someday. Someday oh, we'll have our forever home and then I'll have all my stuff out and then I'll be able to go through my photo albums and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I think I... That's the kind of thing I'd like to do when I've got, you know, that space to do it. I think that means space in my head and actual space. Yeah. <laughs> it would be lovely for your children. It would be lovely yes. for you to have things like photograph albums or yeah. to share with them as they grow up because it's yeah. capturing. And even if it's capturing difficult times, it's still part of mm. who you are. And it's, exactly, it's yeah. It's good to, 
not to forget that, isn't it? Mm. And, and also to look at how far you've come and what you've mm. achieved and what you've overcome. It's and that's I think where the sense of of satisfaction comes. Yeah, it's your history, isn't it? I mean, because I was yeah. quite ruthless about stuff that we threw away before or gave to charity before we came to Spain, but. Uh, Tim looked at all those diaries and he's like, do you need all that? That can go to recycling. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and I'm like that is my history. That's my whole yeah. life there. And one day I'll write a book about it <laughs> and it'll well, be great yes. for the kids. Yeah. No, and, and I always do think that one day I will write a book. I mean, I've written a few chapters about stuff, but like, um, yeah, I think it, for my children, it's important for them to know their history absolutely yeah. yeah yeah it's not just your history it's your family no. history and and i and and i think it's um it's kind of therapy and it's also a tribute to to you and yeah and the people that you've cared about and who've cared about you and who've supported you so it's i think it's good to capture it yeah yeah definitely okay 2022 what are you going to let go of um, I think I've been I've been recalibrating the balance in my life. Well, probably mm. forever. But but thinking about <laughs> since I stepped down from headship, um, I the reason I I, I, I again I love my headship, but it was pretty full on. You know, I could work an eighty-hour week sometimes when I had to, mm. and I thought, well, this is maybe okay in my forties. I don't want to be doing that in my fifties and sixties. And as I've got older, I think just creating more time just to be, just to be, and so mm. sometimes that means maybe letting go of a little bit of the work, um, not feeling the 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 impulse to to say yes to everything. So maybe if, if someone offers me work and I don't want to do it or I can't do it, I work very hard to help them find somebody else who can. So mm. I will say, I'm sorry, I'm not able to do that, but you might approach this person or that person. Mm. And I think perhaps I need to let go, do a little bit more of that, partly because, you know, I am getting older, I'm a bit tired, um, and partly because priorities shift again. You know, I want to mm. spend more time with my family and my friends, maybe want to spend a bit more time writing. And so I think in terms of letting go, it's just thinking about the, the right balance and not, not over-occupying myself. Because I'm a planner mm. and I like to plan. I've got my, as well as my reflective diary, I've got my diary of you know what I'm doing each day. Mm. And it, it can be pretty intense. Think it doesn't have to be intense. No. I, I need to find the right balance for me in twenty twenty two, which isn't the balance that I might have wanted in two thousand and two or nineteen ninety two. Mm. So that is probably the main thing that mm. I would want to you know just pull back. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Just want to say thank you so much, Jill. I could speak to you hours. <laughs> I can't just be chatting for hours. <laughs> it's going to be great. But thank you so much for coming in and um, chatting about life. I mean, we didn't plan it at all, did we? Because we were like, well, let's see how it goes. <laughs> 
Yeah, and, that's always um, more interesting, Mal. Yeah, I just think it's less staged, isn't it? So, um, yeah. Maybe that's but what it's... I need to let go in 2022. Maybe I need mm. to plan a bit less and mm. just see how things go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that's one thing I've learned in the last 15 years because I'm the ultimate planner. And being an ultimate planner, it can make me quite rigid, can't it? Uh, whereas my other half doesn't plan a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but you're to... planning for the two of you aren't you I think sometimes yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of you think you, you're planning twice as twice as hard I think I think there are some things that benefit from planning but we mm. we mustn't be a slave to our plans so well yeah sometimes yeah. plans change like teacher planning isn't it it's good to be organized yeah. but sometimes you just have to go with the flow and that takes exactly. a degree of confidence when you're a beginning teacher you think oh god I have to stick to the plan or we'll mm. go to part if I don't but as you yeah. as you become more confident more experienced you think no I, I need a I need a kind of framework but within that mm. I need to look for opportunities and options and, and sometimes yeah. embrace the unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. In old money, I used to say um, uh, the difference between a good and an outstanding teacher is a good teacher uh, may stick to the lesson plan, but an outstanding teacher will do what's best for the kids. So if they need to go over something again, they'll do it. Yeah. Like that, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I will speak to you in, and hopefully see you in 2022. I really hope so. I really yeah. hope so. COVID <laughs> permitting. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for okay. asking me, Mal. It's been a no real problem. pleasure. Okay, speak soon. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. Yeah, to you too. Be joyful. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'll that's embrace what you that do. word. More joy, more forgiveness more and joy. more joy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Bye, Mal. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cats. To find out more, Follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk Teachers Talk Radio is delighted to support Winston's Wish, the UK's childhood bereavement charity. Winston's Wish supports children and their families after the death of a parent or sibling. They provide emotional and practical bereavement support. Expert teams also provide online resources, specialist publications and training for professionals. Find out more about Winston's Wish and pledge your support at www.winstonswish.org. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In Scotland, the SSTA Union is calling for a delayed opening for schools after the Christmas holidays because of the Omicron variant. Seamus Searson, 
General Secretary of the Scottish Secondary Teachers Association said, if the numbers keep going up, and it looks like that is going to be the case for some time to come, then we are not going to be in a fit state to reopen schools as normal in January. We're already hearing of schools that are not fully staffed and parents are keeping their kids off to ensure they don't catch COVID in the run up to Christmas. The idea that we need to keep schools open at all costs just doesn't add up. Delaying the start of the new term would give teachers more time to prepare for mitigation measures. A Scottish Government spokesman said, the Scottish Government is not considering school closures. As the First Minister has made clear, protecting the education of children and young people remains a top priority. England, a teaching union has warned of a perfect storm of Omicron-related absences, following Nadeem Sahawi's letter to school leaders urging them to encourage ex-teachers back to the classroom. General Secretary of the NASUWT, Dr Patrick Roach said, far more action is needed to improve the current market for supply teachers, which is nothing short of a national scandal. The government must address the delays with the DBS clearances and meet the costs of DBS certification so those teachers who do return to the profession are not left paying the bill. Dr Roach said that without guarantees from the government on teachers' pay and working conditions, the teaching supply crisis will continue for some time to come. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. This week we're going to look at one of the simplest, freely available, yet least used browser technologies, the Reader View. Chrome versus Edge, let the battle commence! On screen one, I have Microsoft Edge, weighing in at the cost of zero pounds. On screen two, I have Google Chrome, also weighing in at the cost of zero pounds. Round one, opening Reader View. On the Edge browser, the immersive reader feature is built in and can be activated by a button on the address bar. By typing read followed by a colon in front of a URL and also you can simply press F9. Before you can open Reader View in Chrome, you have to install it as an extension. It's free and not difficult. Once installed, you'll find it in extensions located to the right of the address bar. One point to immersive reader. Round two, features. Both come out fighting with the read aloud feature that allows the user to adjust the read speed, skip forward and back and change the voice that is reading. They both also highlight the word being read. Chrome Reader has a volume control, which is a nice touch if not using headphones. One point, Chrome Reader. Round three, readability. A big feature for reader views is the ability to change the formatting to suit the user. Both allow easy changing of font size, font and text width on the screen, but they differ in background color features. Here is where Immersive Reader offers quite a bit more. Chrome Reader offers eight background slash contrast colors, four light and four dark, Immersive Reader provides 23 background options, green, pink, yellow and blue included, allowing pupils with visual needs to find a comfortable colour. One point, Immersive Reader. Round four, editing. Chrome Reader features a design mode. 
This allows you to highlight text and make changes. Quite useful if wanting to pick out key points to return to. Immersive Reader does not have this feature. One Point Chrome Reader. Round 5. Extra Features. Immersive Reader has a grammar feature, allowing words to be split into syllables. You can highlight nouns, verbs, adjectives and adverbs by flicking switches. This feature is not offered on Chrome Reader. One Point Immersive Reader. Immersive Reader also offers reading preferences, featuring line focus of 5, 3 or 1 line, blocking out the rest of the page. There's a picture dictionary, allowing some words to change the pointer to a magic wand that reveals a picture depicting it. Also, there's a translation feature allowing partial or full translation of a page into 88 different languages at the click of a button. Chrome Reader does not offer these features, however, other free products such as Google Translate could be used. Immersive Reader takes the point because you don't need to leave the page. Final score! Winning with 4 points to 2 after a blistering final round is Microsoft Immersive Reader, but let's face it, most people don't know these things exist. If you were one of them, please do something about it. See if these features are installed in your school, and if not, request they are. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2021 Twitter feed. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. That's quite nice Christmas music, isn't it? <laughs> Only four days to go to Christmas. I'm excited for my children. I used to detest Christmas. Um, <clears throat> but Christmas with my children is just... <laughs> I almost said joyful. Jill, it's your fault. I'm using joyful. It is pretty joyful actually just seeing them all excited about Santa coming and putting the cookie out and so on. Um, yeah, it's pretty lovely actually seeing the kids very excited. I mean, my kids are still little, so five and eight. So um, you still get that kind of magic. Eight-year-old is, um, I'm going to whisper in case they can hear, um, is starting to think, hang on a minute. That wasn't Santa, that was you. <laughs> so, um, but the five-year-old still believes. He's still a believer, um, which is weird, isn't it? Because I, I'm all about being real. and But then I'm telling him, telling them, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. But I do love the whole magic of it. You know, I made the mistake once of saying, oh, there's no such thing as magic to the kids. And they both looked at me like, What? And then I realised what I'd done. I was like, but but Father Christmas is magic. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I just meant in this, just meant this thing here. <laughs> Tripping over myself there. But yeah. Okay. 2021 is almost over. Uh, for many of you, you're thinking, good riddance. Um, Jill's told us what she's going to let go of. And... Um, I, there's one thing I'm going to let go of, um, and that is um, grief, I suppose. And I don't mean, I mean, um, my father died, um, not this year, but last year, but not that sort of grief. Um, it's a kind of different kind of grief. I feel broken hearted this year um about the united kingdom about um particularly england i have sadness anxiety and rage all these feelings about what's happening how i feel what is happening to england um 
the things these governments government is doing and isn't doing and it kind of took over my life being quite political having always been quite political it's taken over my life and was a major reason why we I sort of caved and went yeah let's leave the UK um but it is I was explaining uh, all this to a friend of ours who's German who lives upstairs um and uh, she was like it sounds like you're broken hearted and I thought yeah I am quite broken hearted uh I feel the heart of the UK is the national health service and it's been ripped out and stamped on <laughs> um I feel democracy is being ripped out and stamped on but these are all my opinions and I know other people don't feel the same way but it's how I feel and it's something that I need to let go of because I'm not there anymore um I'm not in the UK anymore I am in Spain and things are very different here um Spain has its own problems I'm not blind to them um but it's not going to affect me in the same way as it did in the UK so that's something I'm going to let go of uh 2022 I always have a word for 20 uh for each year and I honestly can't remember what the word was for 20 no I remember it was about movement I remember that um yeah that didn't last <laughs> that didn't last um no movement well to be fair i probably did more movement this year than i have done in most other years of my life uh, i did lots of running i did hit classes i did all kinds of different things joe wicks uh, every morning for a, for a couple of months before i got married and then after we got married <laughs> that went out the window not because all oh, right done it now look great at the wedding um more a case of okay getting ready i just didn't have time uh getting everything ready to move to spain so i think movement needs to be in there again i think um this year 2022 is going to be about challenge and learning and the first thing i need to do um uh, put a lot of effort into is learning spanish because i don't know any spanish um and i've picked up quite a bit in the last month of being here actually but nothing like being able to have a, a proper conversation. So this time next year I want to be able to say yeah I know the language uh, I know quite a bit of the language and I'm able to have proper conversations. I want to get into regular exercise. Um we want to find our forever home hopefully. And I want to grow and develop as a coach. It's something I continue to do but I'd like to do more of that this year and spend more time on that. I think lockdown has put um a dampener on certain parts of growth, but um I want to do more writing as well. So there's I'm looking forward to 2022. I think it's going to be uh well, I think it's going to be a joyful year, Jill. Yes, I do think it's going to be a joyful year. This year um my other half and i found opportunities where there was 
darkness, you could say. And uh, I think we'll do the same. And what I've been pleased with, what I've been happy with, and I suppose a mantra for us as a family is that wherever the four of us are, that is home. It truly is. So Christmas is coming. Um, I'm hoping Santa, as in Amazon, has got me the gifts that I would like, as in my husband has used, clicked a few buttons on Amazon. <laughs> and they will arrive in Spain. Um, yeah, and the kids are going to be excited. Uh, we're going to have, well, the amazing thing in Spain is that they it, Christmas Eve is the big day. Um, and I think it's the same in Germany as well, because the Germans around us are having uh, a fondue party. Um, I'm not quite sure. Apparently, it isn't. It isn't chocolate, or it is chocolate. I can't remember now. Something to do with fondue party where they give presents. And so we've said to our children, they're allowed one present each. Obviously, it won't be from Santa because Santa comes Christmas Eve. They did ask. Um, so it'll be a present from us. So they're very excited about that thought. And uh, I can actually hear them right now talking about what they might get on Friday. <laughs> uh, so Christmas Eve is the big day in Spain and then Christmas Day is going to be us for just us for having a meal uh, opening presents spending all day playing with our presents and just being together and then it's Boxing Day I'm not sure what we do in Boxing Day but um, we'll probably go for a walk down by the beach um, yeah like we did last year in Bournemouth and just chill watch loads of movies um yeah it's got i'm really looking forward to this time it, it'll be nice to switch off because i haven't quite switched off from work yet but after today i will do um i am back on the 4th of january and i will have sirdar ferret ceo co-ceo or ceo and co-founder of lifter ed um which is Exciting, actually. I love talking to Sirdar. Uh, we grew up in the same neighbourhood, actually, um, though we didn't know each other. But, um, yeah, so that would be good. But also do not forget Twitter Spaces, 29th of December. We're raising money for uh, Bowel, Counts Bowel Cancer UK um, uh, as a homage to Matt Williams, who has stage four cancer. Uh, one of our founders of uh, Teachers Talk Radio. So, um, yes, a 24-hour marathon of uh, Teachers Talk Radio hosts doing all kinds of things. Just think like a telethon where we're trying to raise money, try and be funny. Uh, there'll be quizzes, there'll be fun, frolics galore. Okay, so... Um, Enjoy Christmas, Feliz Navidad, everybody, and I'll see you on the 29th of December or in 2022. 
You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.